something is wrong, and it's time to stand up. You are listening to the John Age Show. Trust no one. Trust no one. Trust no one. You found it. You're here. You're headlong down the runaway train that is the Anomic Age. And I'm your host, John Age, coming at you in the wee hours of the AM. What's it looking like? It's about 2.02 here in the old North State. And I'm happy to be with you this evening. Check out AnomicAge.com if you've not already done so. I can't imagine why. PayPal.me forward slash AnomicAge. Patreon.com forward slash AnomicAge as well. If you like what we're doing here and want to help out in the least. In the least. I highly, highly recommend becoming a patron or donating just once. Whatever little bit you may want to donate. If you missed the last episode with Debbie Bacigalupi, I recommend that too. A a stellar number of guests that we had just in the past two weeks alone. And we got more coming up, so fear not. You can sign up for the free newsletter, the iPhone app, the Android app, and all that good stuff at the mere bottom and, of course, the aforementioned paypal.me forward slash anomicage, patreon.com forward slash anomicage as well. Those can all be found on whatever you happen to be listening to and or watching this on. <clears throat> Enough of that. I'm going to try to keep it short this evening, but you know what that means. It'll probably, probably not be short at all, but... Uh... We'll see what we can do. Vegan Bear, my man, what's up? How are you, sir? I hope you're doing hope you're doing well out there in the ether. <laughs> I want to give a special note to my friend Dale, who's not doing well. Everybody from uh, at the Shade Tree and a few other of the uh, Facebook groups, you know I'm talking about Dale. My thoughts, my prayers, all that good stuff are are with you, great, kind sir. I won't get into into all of his uh, medical issues this evening. He's giving me the full green light to get into whatever I'd like to as far as that goes. But we'll see. We're not getting into that this evening. As you can see by the moniker... At the helm there, it says uh, Clash of Civilizations. So we'll get into the Clash of Civilizations a little bit. And in doing so... Excuse me. In doing so, just kind of get into the mental manifestations of what that Clash of Civilizations is looking like right now. Sort of the hallmarks of it, if you will. And um, I don't know. I know it says says on the uh, the description there what you can do about it, but I don't really think I have a what you can do about it answer. The more I think about that, the more I'm like, eh, I don't know. I can cover <clears throat> the hallmarks of it, what that really means, how that's shaken out to us here on this 
mortal coil, but as far as uh, what we can actually do about it, ah, I wish I had some lovely, thought-filled and thought-provoking answers, but alas, I just don't. So we're going to get into that this evening. That's the game plan, anyway. I'm going to try to keep this under an hour. We'll hope. (laughs) So if you get into the Clash of Civilizations model, it's going to be Samuel P. Huntington, Harvard professor of political science, has all kinds of ties to the political realm, the World Economic Forum, and all that stuff. So in about 92, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he he began talking about this at a conference, came out with a book about it a little bit later, and got into the clash of civilizations model, kind of what we in the social sciences know it as today, and political sciences as well. So he basically said in this post-Cold World world, post-Cold War world, that's it, (laughs) we're going to see less of conflicts over ideologies and more conflicts over cultural and religious identities. So that's what he was saying. So basically we're going to see more and more conflicts arising over political or should I say, excuse me, religious and cultural. Those are kind of both shaped by the political differences. So that's where this conflict is going to arise. He spoke specifically about China, specifically about the Arab, a.k.a. Muslim worlds, sort of how they all played into that as well. So we can touch on that quite a bit, but that's sort of... His view of it, I'm going to kind of shape that into what we're seeing today, in today's lesson. (laughs) So, to me, this really comes down to to just those two points he was talking about. The religious and the cultural differences. And we see them exemplified and personified in virtually everything we do here. Not not really just in the West, but I mean I'm in the West, so that's what I'm going to talk about. So, so those two worlds are really intrinsically entwined. No matter what culture you're looking at, whether that's the Hindu, Islamic, Buddhist, what have you, <clears throat> those two worlds are very much intertwined. The cultural and the religious. I mean, if you just look at how the religious <clears throat> shapes things that have to do with cultural manifestations as far as like uh, different eating taboos, uh, different sexual taboos, different taboos in dress and attire and things like that. I don't know why I'm developing a cough all of a sudden when I haven't really had one all day, but I digress. All that is what really shapes those two cultural and religious worlds. So, according to Mr. Huntington, that's where we're going to see these big, climatic, earth-shattering trends. And that's exactly what we are seeing, really. So, good on you. It's pretty spot on. Uh, 
So to me, to me, we're seeing this played out in our society right now. We've been seeing it for a while, but I think we've seen that gradual movement in the Overton window for multiple generations, and it's really coming to this final crescendo, this cataclysmic end is what I see it as. So I'll use the LGBT thing as just a minor footnote in this and just sort of build upon it. But if you look back 10, 15 years ago, gay marriage was a big talking point, and they moved that Overton window in, and that's very passe now because now we've got the trans agenda coming at you full force, full frontal, not just an NC-17, it's an X rating, folks. So that's being pushed upon you, much like the old passe gay marriage was thrust upon you and gays in the military was thrust upon you. And just be more tolerant and accepting all those lovely, I'll use their words, dog whistle words. They were all thrust upon you as well to shame you into accepting more and more and more. Immorality until now, we've got uh, trans parades and trans in the school and trans everywhere. You can possibly get them in all forms of media and machinations to once again normalize the immoral and push this as a nice, lovely, accepting agenda. And the next final frontier is, of course, pedophilia. They've said that for a long time. If you don't believe me, just look into the NAMBLA, North American Gay Man Love Association. Association. So there's that, too. There's the minor attracted persons. There's the ever-fun P they want to throw onto the LGBT LMNOP. There's that, too. That's not the point of me talking about this. I'm talking about this because we're seeing a clash of civilizations. And we are definitely seeing a religious clash also. It really plays out like this, folks. We're seeing a clash of good versus evil. That's really what it boils down to. That's what this is all about. It's all about convincing people to willingly sacrifice their children as a sacrament, as an offering to the evil. They're convincing everyone to willingly. That's the key here. Remember, the key in this occultic ritual is to willingly ostracize yourself from family and loved ones. Willingly put the slave shackle on Willingly inject yourselves with gene therapies. Willingly, for the greater good of the cult, expose your children, the most precious in our society, the most innocent, the most special because they embody the next generation. The reproductive fitness, if you want to get all Darwinian and biological on you. That's what it's all about. 
passing on your genetic code, having reproductive fitness for future generations. They have convinced us to willingly, not all of us, sacrifice and have as an offering our children to the cult of the medical mafia, to the cult of academia, to the cult of the LGBT trans, to every type of immorality imaginable. Don't forget, willingly is the key. Willingly, folks. So they've convinced us all to do that. Not all of us, but I mean, as a as a greater society, they've convinced us all to do that. And it is all, make no mistake about it, a good versus evil. A satanic versus a Christian. Duality. That clash of civilizations, as... Huntington said, would be a cultural and religious clash. So make no mistake about it, the polarization of our society here in the West and the broader global culture at large is not happenstance. It's not accident. This is a orchestrated event, an orchestrated clash I'd even say it's an orchestrated false flag because all in the social sciences and the political sciences, they clamor to find what's the cause of all this. How did this all start? Well, they know how it started. It's the problem-reaction-solution. It's the Hegelian dialectic. We create the problem... The people react and they offer the solution. Be a global citizen. Use your slave shackle. Take the gene therapy. Be more tolerant and accepting of all sorts of immorality. All of it. Open drug use, open pedophilia, open borders. It's all to create and hyper- hyperdrive, exacerbate that clash of civilizations. Because you can't have a culture if you have an open border. You can't. This doesn't work. You couldn't have a house if you didn't have walls. Nope. So that's where we are with this whole thing. It is a clash of civilizations model. It is good versus evil. It is satanic versus Christian. And that's just where this lies. And I've given this a lot of thought. And I've thought about this as it pertains to children and has as that childlike innocence is transmutated into adulthood, into the people we see, into, into sadly us. I mean, sadly, this is not just them. This is us too. Everyone seems to lose that childlike innocence and embrace the darkness and embrace the cult, embrace 
the just evil of our society. It's that in the world but not of the world thing, so few people can pull that off. And it's not for a lack of trying. I mean, it's for good reason because they've orchestrated it that way. They inundate you with the sin of the world all around you all the time. 30 years ago, you didn't have all the sin and immorality of the quote-unquote world at your fingertips. You do now. 10, 15 years ago, your fingertips began and ended at your laptop or at your big honking computer. Now, they're just a few strokes away on your phone, on your tablet, on your other device. All the sins of the world. Anything you want to dial up and dial into, it's there. Clash of civilizations again. The moral, the immoral. We're all sinners. I'm not uh, not suggesting that that any living entity among us is Jesus Christ. I don't believe that. So are we all sinners? Yeah. Are we all faced with this immorality all the time? Yeah. But it's really what you do with it. It's the acceptance or the rejection. You can either choose to accept or you can choose to reject the immorality that we live in. And I thought about this quite a bit as it pertains to idealism versus realism. Because I think as children... Children can be very idealistic and very simplistic in a way, but I think it's not really simplistic as we might look at it through a lens as they're not sophisticated enough to understand this or they're somehow lacking the mental faculties for this. I think it's quite the opposite. Because if you talk to a young child, they can surmise very clearly things that we just convolute, complicate, and otherwise just make more difficult. So, I mean, if you talk to a child and they, you know, there's there's an argument, there's a disagreement, they say, well, just stop arguing. Just be nice to each other. Something simplistic like that. Stop being angry. Right? Just that simplistic. And it really is just that simplistic. But we complicate things. As we get older... Our ego gets in the way. I don't want to admit I was wrong. I look like an idiot. Well, I I don't want to to say this. Uh, That'll make me appear weak. That won't make me look good. Sound familiar? Ringing any bells? We let that ego, we let that id take over. And we're afraid to admit that we're wrong. We're afraid to say, okay, hey, I fouled this up. I was wrong as I could be on this. I apologize. That's why apologizing to someone's often the hardest thing you have to do because you have to admit you made a mistake. You have to repent, ask for forgiveness. Any of this ringing a bell in that old book they don't want you to read, right? I think it is. There's a Mark Twain when I was I was going to give you a quote. 
It's easier to fool someone than to convince them that they've been fooled. And of course, if you look this up online, Snopes and five or six other sites will say, oh, that wasn't really Mark Twain that said it. That's why I attribute everything, every quote known to man, I attribute to Big Bird. Yep. That big yellow and orange creature from Sesame Street is the one who said that. Because it is easier to fool someone than it is to convince them that they've been fooled. I'm thankful that Big Bird said that on Sesame Street to Snuffleupagus, and we can all look back on that as those famous words of wisdom from Big Bird. Thanks, Big B. Thank you. But uh, that is, in fact, quite true. People do not want to admit that they've been fooled, they've been duped, because then again they have to look back at themselves and say, well, hey, I was stupid enough to fall for this. I was an idiot for once. I made a mistake. Whoa, how hard is that? Well, it is. I mean, that's why we see this great divide, this polarization within the populace, the clash of civilizations model that I keep hearkening back to. But children, they don't have that problem. That idealism versus the realism, that idyllic approach, just say, hey, stop being angry. What are you doing? And sadly, that's why children are so easy to manipulate as well. They, they're easily manipulated. And you think that just stops at a certain age, and it does to a degree. But in many ways, it is it just becomes more more hardened and more fortified this idealism this idyllic if only this that's going to that's going to solve all our problems so as we move from childhood into adolescence all the hormones start kicking in and especially around where i grew up at least this was true you you saw so many people saying oh these different organizations we're going to join food not bombs because that's what we need right we need food not bombs yeah Sounds simple enough, right? That idealism from childhood is transposed into idealism in adolescence. And there again, that's why adolescents are so easy to manipulate. Because they're adult-like, but not adults. So they're easy to manipulate into BLM. They're easy to manipulate into Antifa. They're easy to manipulate into white supremacist groups, into black supremacist groups, into La Mecha and all these other asinine groups. Because in adolescence, perhaps more than ever, people long for that group. They long for that identity, that ability to identify with others and have that camaraderie. Comrades, right? Comrades. Connecting dots yet? So in adolescence, it's easy to manipulate that mind, and it's easy to manipulate them towards the evil instead of towards the delight. But unfortunately, people will take a lot of that ideological baggage, that idealism, 
and just keep dragging it along with them into adulthood. Rather than the realism that you know communism and socialism won't work. Sorry, folks, it don't work. Doesn't work in a state level society. Maybe if you're in some sort of isolated island community with a really high gross domestic product, maybe. Sorry, I like private property. I like my stuff, not the commune stuff. And I sure as bleep want to be able to defend my stuff from other would-be scum that would try to take my stuff. So that's never going to line up or square with me, but if they can trick people in that shift from childhood into adolescence and on into adulthood with all these shiny little worms on the hook, then they can convince him to share that idealistic, communistic, satanic, evil worldview right on into adulthood. That's why you're several generations deep into this now. That's why people are quick to blame the youth. And I say, well, you should also blame the grandparents and parents. Because this has been going on for a long time. It's nothing new under the sun, folks. But they convince these participants to willingly participate. To willingly sacrifice their children. To willingly put them in the public indoctrination centers. To willingly give them all those vaccines. To willingly give them the gene therapies. To willingly take them to drag queen story hour. To willingly take them out there at uh, these lovely events all across the country now. So... It just exacerbates and better delineates the lines in the Clash of Civilizations model. So, a lot of people look at this as if, why don't they get it? Why can't they get this? Why can't they realize they're being duped? If only we could just give them this one piece of information or this one documentary, this one article, if only we could talk to and reason with these people. But it's not possible, folks. It's the believers and the true believers. That's what it really boils down to. And that ideological mindset is not unique to the communists. I mean, it exists in the conservatives as well. You know, if only we could just turn the clock back to 1955. If only we could jump into one of those Norman Rockwell paintings. If only we could get rid of the communists. If only we could get rid of these race baiters. If only we could do this, that, if only we could just all magically come together and sing Kumbaya around a campfire. But that's not possible, folks. Just as it's not possible for those on the communist side of the fence, it's not possible for those on the conservative side of the fence either. Not possible for the satanic, not possible for the Christians. It's just not possible. I hate to break this to you, but it's not. 
The Matrix made it seem so easy. You get the red pill or the blue pill, you just take this pill, you wake up, and you got this figured out. Or you take this pill, you don't wake up, and you keep having this not figured out. I mean, we complicate things, but it's really not that complicated. That's really where where these problems exist and persist, and they're not going anywhere. They're just not. Because it, it ties into everything I talked about before. It's the apology. It's admitting you were wrong. But it goes deeper than that. Because it's not just saying, I'm sorry I did the wrong thing. I'm sorry I shouldn't have done that. No. This really transcends the simplistic and does go into the complicated. Because... It's not that simple because it encompasses so much more for these people. Just as our own identity is built on our religion, on our culture, on our political views, and is personified in what we eat, what we don't eat, how we dress, what we don't wear, uh, where we go, where we don't go, these sort of things, right? You either choose to go to Drag Queen Story Hour or you don't. You either uh, eat meat or you don't. You either eat pork or you don't. You either wear a burqa or you don't. You wear a cross or you don't. I mean, all these things, these polarizing, identifying markers. They're all there to keep you in a box. They're all there to put you on this side of the fence or that. It's all there to manifest into existence the clash of civilizations model. And unfortunately, we're not going to be able to to reason our way out of this because you can't reason with people that are not reasonable. That's just a fact. Because the deeper problem is, by apologizing, by admitting they've been duped, by just doing that, that one action... It's kicking off the dominoes and really unsubstantiating their entire reality. Because if you if you admit that communism doesn't work, if you admit that socialism doesn't work, if you admit that Obamacare is a scam, well, then you might have to open other doors and admit other things too. You might have to admit the election was rigged. Not just this one, many have been rigged, okay? If you want to go back to JFK, rigged. Go back to the Bush Gore, rigged. Go back to the 2020, rigged. I mean, this is not anything new at all. But if you actually are forced to reconcile these things, then you have to go down these other slippery slopes and these other rabbit holes and you come up to these These two conflicting ideals that cannot be reconciled. Cognitive dissonance, folks, yeah. So you can't admit this because it will indeed destroy your whole reality. You'll realize that it is all a matrix of your own construction and you'll have to get out of it. You might lose friends, you might lose your family, you might lose it all. That job you have and all those communist 
friends that you've met at the workplace. Your work culture will dissolve. Your social media existence, which is people's existence now, will be dissolved. So it's really not that easy just saying, yo, I messed up, sorry, my bad. It goes far deeper than that. And that's why this clash of civilizations exists and will persist until, in my humble opinion, we have one of those irresistible force meets the immovable object moments. It's not going to be pretty. It's going to be exactly what they want, they being the global satanic death cult power players. It's going to be exactly what they want. Just as every conflict has always been exactly what they want. But uh, unfortunately, I don't see this shaking out any other way. I just don't. Barring some no kidding divine intervention, no way. Too far gone. It is the good versus evil on the epic scale. It is the idealism versus the realism. Satanic versus the Christian, what have you. That's where we're at. We're not changing any hearts and minds anymore. It's just a ever-increasing polarization and dividing line separating the two halves, the two factions that are indeed at war. Please don't be that stupid and pretend that we're not at war. Because we are. That's exactly what's up. I'm not calling for violence. I'm not calling for war. I'm not calling for any of that. I'd love nothing more than to sink back into the idealism that we can all sit around by that campfire and play kumbaya on our acoustic guitar. And iron out all these differences and have everyone come to some reasonable conclusions and rational compromises even. Just realizing you've been duped. That old network quote, first you got to get mad. Yeah, first you got to realize you've been duped. Then you got to come to the realization that it's all a scam. And after all that... If you're willing to pay the ultimate price by losing your friends and your family and your job and your work culture and your social media culture and everything that you've held so dear for however long this has taken place, if you're willing to do that, then great. Step right up. But I'm not going to see very many people willing to do that. It takes courage, temerity, intestinal fortitude. And that's in ever-shortening supply here. It'll land into sheep home and slaves. So. <clears throat> I don't see that happening anytime soon. I really don't. That's why I tend to be quite cynical. I tend to just be like, yo, get serious. Are you serious? Like, you people, you really think you're going to win some hearts and minds here and we're going to have this miraculous turn the ship around. Holy cow, the Titanic is surfacing and uprighting itself. It's connecting where it was broken apart, and it's all going to turn around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
and I'm going to pull a rabbit out of my ear, Tim, right? <clears throat> Unfortunately, I just don't see that as being a viable option. that old quote from uh, Falling Down, a great movie. Not economically viable. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem, folks. We're all not economically viable anymore. And they want you dead. They want you dead. It's an old game. It's an old solution. It's called eugenics. To quote George Carlin, it's a big club and we ain't in the club. Nope, we're not. So now, no matter how many boats, fancy cars, houses, planes, yachts, what have you, no matter how much of that you got, I can assure you, you ain't in the club. Just not. So what do we do about this? The question that I posed at the very beginning of our broadcast this evening I've said it many times on this show, and I don't want people to take this the wrong way. But you've got to distance yourself from the scum. You've got to separate from the filth. And I am not calling for any separation along racial lines or sex lines or uh, religious lines, really. So this is not an anti-Jew, an anti-person of color and anti-anybody thing. But the people that realize what's going on of all different races, nationalities, covers, colors, creeds, and otherwise, don't matter who or what you are, what you identify as, once you got that figured out, if you find people of like mind, there is a separation that has to take place. Because what's coming down is going to be bad. I mean, it's bad. Wrath of God type stuff. Old Testament stuff. To quote your little Ghostbusters. It is. And you don't want to surround yourself with liabilities. You don't want to surround yourself with feds. You don't want to surround yourself with anybody that's going to lessen your likelihood of survival. So we've got to be discerning, and we've got to use that gut, and we've got to begin to separate the wheat from the chaff, the wheat from the tares. we got to. And we have to come together around peace, around God, around a common brotherhood. Of those people who choose to resist the evil, resist the Satanism, resist the darkness. Those people who are not willing to sacrifice their children, those people who are not willing to go quietly into the night, who are not willing to be lab rats, who are not willing to dig the pit 
and stand there hat in hand while they are executed. Because that's what we're seeing here, folks. They have they have changed the script in the eugenics game. So it is no longer that, uh, not yet anyway, not standing there by the edge of a pit you just dug, waiting to get shot and thrown in the pit. They've realized that it's far better and they get more from it if you go along with the gag and willingly participate in your own death. Willingly drink the fluoride water. Willingly eat the GMO. Willingly take all the vaccines. Willingly take the gene therapies. Willingly take your kids to Drag Queen Story Hour. Willingly move into an Agenda 21 apartment complex. Willingly move into an HOA. Willingly do whatever they tell you to do. Put the Ukraine flag up. Put the black square up. Put the trans flag up. It's all willingly done. So that's where we're going to have to see a divide and we're going to have to see a real separation. Wheat from the tears, folks. Wheat from the tears. I could talk about this a lot more, but for right now, I'm going to call it a night. You can't do everything, but you can do something. So please get out there, do your part, and make that difference. Until next time, I'll be seeing you sooner than later in the Anomic Age. Thank you for listening to The Anomic Age, a John Age project. For past shows, further info, and to comment, go to anomicage.com. That's A N O M I C A G E.com. Till next time, thank you for listening to The Anomic Age. I'm <laughs> sorry.